What's going on, everybody? Casey here, Virginia Game Day, checking in with another episode of the podcast. This is the holiday spectacular, end of year special, whatever you want to call it, coming live from the living room. You got the poinsettia over here, you know, Christmas fun all behind me. I wish you could see the other side where our beautiful Christmas tree is, but what are you going to do? Oh, you got our little painting up there, up here. If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we put a Christmas hat hanging above the painting for him as well. So lots going on. We go Christmas crazy. 2023 is almost over, making our way into 2024. It's been uh, an awesome year in Wahoo land. And I thought it'd be a cool idea to kind of go over some of the biggest stories from 2023 so we'll do that like a kind of wrap up top five storylines whatever my personal favorites uh then maybe we'll do something christmas related i don't know maybe like a naughty nice list i was thinking i printed out uva's basketball team's uh stats here and i can do a little naughty nice thing down that road and then i mean there's a lot of current news and stuff that we could talk about to finish up the show. So one thing's for sure. This is going to be a little bit longer episode, but hey, you know, sometimes I have shorter episodes, so this is good. If you want on a long car ride, want to talk, you know, listen to someone talk about the who's, here we are. It's, it's going to be this episode. So uh, everyone, I appreciate y'all that have listened all year uh they we had that spotify wrapped thing recently and i posted some of it on instagram but yeah i think like 50 people the top like five podcasts or 50 people so that's awesome that's a lot more than you could ever i mean when you think about it 50 people is a lot of people and to be one of their top podcasts is it's an honor uh and then you're the number one podcast for like i don't know how many it was but 17 or something it's it's an honor and it uh doesn't go unnoticed and definitely appreciate that all right so so much has happened this year uh we a couple of national championships in in tennis and diving but the most impactful storylines usually come from like the bigger sports so and those are my favorite sports so that's kind of how we went hear how I went when I was thinking up what the most important storylines were. So the first one, and we can all agree, all agree here, was having Mike Hollins score two touchdowns. Well, just score in general. Uh, first of all, at the spring game, but then at the first home game, real official home game against JMU after the tragedy, you know, last year canceled the last couple of games this year. We start out on the road against Tennessee and then we come home to play crosstown rival JMU and, and Mike Holland scores two touchdowns. Super special. You know, everything that he's gone through to persevere. I mean, the trauma that's associated with what happened and then the trauma to actually have been part of it. And like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that plays in there. You can, 
it's probably guilt and a lot of things you know he and he got shot like that is that's some heavy heavy stuff to deal with he's done a great job of uh kind of being a strong presence as a kind of the light leading out of that tragedy and it's been not unnoticed i mean he won the comeback player of the year award uh, i think a different couple different like brands gave it to him so it's not unnoticed and it's certainly huge huge news around here and he had a good season as a back you know a lot of big plays that he made you know mike hollins and and uva are going to be i think he's going to be remembered in the program forever and the people the <clears throat> players that we lost in the tragedy of course will will live on forever as well so that was number one number two Virginia baseball making the college world series. So Virginia baseball team started out red hot, red hot. They were like 14 wins in a row to start the season. Ended up winning 50 games. Jake Geloff was hitting a gajillion home runs. There was, you know, Kyle Teal. Everyone knew he was going to be the super high draft pick that he was. Uh, transfer pitchers that came in doing their thing. Anthony Stefan getting the DH role kind of later on into the season and, and going to the moon. Ethan O'Donnell coming in to replace Chris Newell in center field and having a huge year. It was, it was a really fun year uh, at the dish and they won 50 games altogether. Finally, Virginia was able to, in my you know, first time since since moving here, able to host regionals and then super regionals. So that was a, like a really awesome part of it. I know we didn't, you know, we went to the College World Series, didn't win it, but those home playoff games, those epic battles with ECU, you know, it was like a two to one freaking pitchers duel. I remember. It was so packed, and we were sitting out in the left field bleachers, and we didn't move the entire time. First pitch to the end of the game. Didn't move the entire time, and they won, and it was awesome. Usually, you go to the baseball game, you're bouncing around, you're having hot dogs, you're talking to people, you're you know, getting up, getting a couple beers. Didn't move the entire time. It was that locked in. It was that good of a game, and it was just you know, playoff baseball, playoff atmosphere. And then... They win the series, the Super Regional against Duke. You know, it's always good beating Duke. And that sent them to the the College World Series. And in the College World Series, listen, it's, you know, there's some some nuance to that, like how it was all handled. But at the end of the day, we lost two one-run games and definitely had a chance to win those games. So this program is elite. No one's going to argue with with that, and I'm sure that this next this year's team coming up is going to be fun to watch. A lot of guys are back, and you can. It's nice to say you can you can rely on UVA baseball to be a really good product that the, represent the school well. You know the town loves them. They are fun to watch. The games are great. You know, inexpensive, awesome time. It's. UVA baseball is is the shit.
EVA baseball is, is really dope. Uh, what else? What else? This guy, and this might be a personal one, but Virginia basketball. This would be number three of my top five uh, storylines of the year. Virginia basketball making it to the ACC tournament final. They didn't finish the season strong last year. They had a a rough a rough go of it. Let me just pull up my phone. Somebody just dropped off Christmas cookies at the front door. So at the end of last season, it got a little dicey, right? Close wins against some really crummy ACC teams. And then losses. We got blown out by Boston College. Lost a big one in North Carolina. And then come ACC tournament time, we had, you know, we were regular season champs, which is an awesome moment. That, you know, now that I'm thinking, that was a really good head. That was a really good uh, storyline, too. I remember being at that Louisville game when they got to cut the nets down and all that stuff. And they had, um, the manager go up and cut it, and it was that was a really good storyline too. So let's just bunch these in together. Uh so they had the bye, double bye, and then they played North Carolina in the quarters. They beat North Carolina. So I remember watching that game at home. They beat North Carolina. Uh, the score was sixty-eight fifty-nine. So nice. You know, solid win by the Who's. Jaden Gardner had 17. Armand had 14. Reese had 15. And then we drove down and then watched them beat Clemson in the semis. And they blew blew the doors off Clemson. That was like... What? There was like ton of UVA people down there. They had this brewery right outside the Coliseum where you're kind of everyone's kind of going back and forth, like pre-gaming at the brewery, going over to the, the stadium, the arena. And then it sets up this battle with Duke for the final, the ACC tournament final. And it was a it was a pretty close game. We didn't win. But it was just a nice kind of ride to go on and it's all about you know these these fan experiences are great when you have these kinds of things and it was a, a really great fan experience that's why i, I it was a great storyline personally and it kind of gave us some good momentum going into the tournament which would if we were going to talk about worst storylines would be the ncaa tournament from last year but we're not going to do that because this is a positive uh episode all right so that's out of the way what else? What else? What else? Sticking with basketball. After the season, come June, everyone's leaving. Armand's not coming back. Jaden's gone. Kihei's finally gone. Caden Shedrick had that whole back and forth of playing, not playing during the season. He's gone. Poppy's gone. He's going to Santa Clara. So it's like this mass exodus of of talent some expected some not and oh isaac trout out you know the red shirt so it was a mass exodus of 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 basketball players there's like no one left so to have number four headline here to have reese beekman coming back 
to announce that he's coming back. That was huge. And if you look at this season so far, UVA's nine and two. The knock is that Reese's in these big time games, sometimes there's not the secondary scorers aren't doing what they need to do. It's only Reese that's carrying his weight. Uh so if you didn't have Reese, it's like, where are you? So that is this team has been ranked already this year. Uh number three defense in the league that you know starts at Reese. Gonna be a an NBA player. And to have him make the decision to come back and take another year in Charlottesville is huge. It's huge for this team. This is a good team. We're gonna be in the uh, we're gonna make the tournament. We got ACC play coming up. We beat we've had some good wins already this year. Beat Florida, West Virginia. Uh, not to say West Virginia is a great win, but you know, Power Five teams: Florida, West Virginia, Texas A&M. Some good wins there, and I think I'm forgetting one also. But, uh, but yeah. So I know we got, I know we gotten blown out twice, but this when it's right, when it's going right, this is what you can be. Uh, the number five storyline. This is a this is a recent one. Out of nowhere, UVA football knocks off a top ten team on the road. North Carolina, and, and having it be North Carolina is that much sweeter as well. Uh, you know, it was an interesting season this year. A lot, some ups and downs, and a lot, some more downs than ups. And this was like the 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 tent pole, the highlight of the year. I think it was their first first top 10 win on the road ever. So for Tony Elliott, who's struggled, only got six wins in two years. It will, I remember doing, doing a podcast, I think. And it's like, this is the proof of concept. And if you look in the, um, transfer portal this year we haven't lost a lot of guys like we haven't the guys that we've lost have been like dudes down the depth chart we haven't lost a, a ton of talent so i think that it says a lot and we've gotten a lot of incoming talent we're winning the transfer portal you know the scale out to in like the in is definitely outweighed the guys that we've lost so this was a huge part in that in keeping guys here staying at Virginia, wanting to be here, believing in the Coach Elliott program. And I believe in it. You know, we, we had the Virginia Tech game was a nightmare. It was it was gloomy. It was shitty, all that. But we had some good some good uh games this year and we lost some games that we shouldn't have and a lot of wins left on the table. But this this top this top ten win against North Carolina was huge. It was huge for you can always go back to that and say, okay, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it can be. And I'm sure it did wonders for uh, having, when you're going out and recruiting and, and selling the program. Uh, let me pull up the box score just so I see. I think it's 30 to 27. And then the James Jackson interception at the end of the game, that was, oh man, what a game. We were watching it at my neighbor's house because it was on CW or something and we didn't get it yep 
30 to 31 27. South's oldest rivalry. And then the next week, so we were like 20 point underdogs in that North Carolina game. And the next week, we were at Miami. I was also 20 point underdogs, and we freaking should have won that game. It went to overtime. And then you had that random Georgia Tech blowout loss, which is like up, down, like what? And then that weird Thursday night game against another number 11 team against Louisville. Should have won that game. That was when Paris Jones got hurt. Odd season, man. Odd odd season. But so those are the top five storylines from Virginia game day from Casey that I, I, you know, that stuck out to me. UVA baseball going to the College World Series. Uh, UVA football beating number 10 North Carolina, getting that top 10 win. UVA basketball making it to the ACC tournament final. Reese coming back. And then Mike Hollins, two touchdowns in the first football game uh, since tragedy. I wanted to fit in UVA women's basketball somewhere, but there wasn't like one big headline that I would say, like having all the local talent playing because that happened in 2023. Uh, but it's, it's kind of, it wasn't like a good headline. So, but I want to shout them out. They're eight and three. They just whooped up on Fordham. You got the local talent playing together. There's some, been some injuries lately. But Coach Mox has done such a good job of recruiting and buying in. They have they're such a deep team. Like they get minutes from like one through eleven. Like it's crazy. And uh yeah, it's it's a bright future for Coach Mox and the UVA women's basketball team. Uh all right. This is fun. This is a good this is the Christmas spectacular, the End of year podcast is is going to be a tradition at Virginia Game Day for sure. I wish I had the Christmas tree in the background. I can smell it. There's my wife. Say hi. Pop on the screen. Pop your head in. Hi. All right. All right. So we're gonna go naughty or nice down the UVA basketball stat sheet, and we're gonna see where everyone stands. There's not gonna be a lot of naughty because. I try and keep it positive, but if I do say naughty, it's it's meant in the nicest way. All right. Ryan Dunn, nice, of course. 9.1 points per game, two and a half blocks, two and a half steals, six and a half boards, leading the team in rebounds, leading the team in a lot of stuff. As far as Ryan Dunn goes, huge impact. Home games, like he's got the palm, he's got the crowd in the palm of his hand, man. Always. And you can't beat that. Love to see the shooting get a little bit better so he can become a little bit more of a threat um, from the outside. And he's had some, he's made some threes here and there, but it's been a shoot 19%. Um, and you know that he's going to work on it and it's going to be there. It's just got to, they got to start falling. Uh, but it's like lobs and stuff right now. It's the most exciting player in, in the league. Reese Beekman, nice, of course. Leading the team in scoring, 12.5 points, 2.5 steals, 5.5 assists. His three-point shooting is also only 30%. But you saw against Memphis, he was he had a couple of them early on. John back and forth with the, the guards from Memphis. I think those numbers will go up towards the end of the year. All right, uh, Tane Murray. I'm in the middle on Tane Murray. He's getting a lot of burn this year. Uh 12 minutes a game. He's a high ceiling. Uh, 
high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. I feel like when he's getting a lot of pressure, like Memphis, I feel like Memphis ate him up a little bit. But he is going to run the offense. He's going to play tough defense. Uh, shooting 40% from three. Averaging two and a half points a game. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I don't like want Patane to get a ton more minutes. I would say if some of the other guys step up and can be counted on, then you might not need Tane as much. But uh, here we go. Isaac McNeely, nice. Uh, shooting 50% from three, 11.7 points per game, second on the team. He's been in a slump lately. So that's the only like naughty part, I would say. You know, he got shut down by Memphis. I think Northeastern wasn't pretty either, but it's all cyclical. These things will come around and he'll be knocking shots down left and right. Uh, Leon Bond, so much production whenever he gets onto the floor, especially offensively. Killer in the mid range, uh, 16 minutes, seven points per game, three and a half rebounds. I think some of the defensive stuff is where his opportunity is for, his, for improvement. And, you know, maybe some of those minutes that Tainer getting could go to Leon uh, once he gets more experience and can be counted on. Uh, Blake Buchanan started out red hot this year and had a big, that big game against Florida. And it's been kind of, I'd say pretty much kind of downhill since then. Uh, from a production standpoint, but you can see the talent, the raw ability, and it just comes with time. And uh, it's almost like an, uh, what do I say? Like an incomplete almost for Blake Buchanan right now. Uh, averaging 15 minutes per game, four and a half points. I'd like to see him uh, get his rebounding numbers up a little bit. We'll see. Dante Harris, another incomplete. We're really missing Dante Harris right now. Like, outside of Reese, there's not a lot of confident ball handlers. Like, you saw the the pressure that Memphis put on our guards. Reese was the only guy you can really count on. It. I, Rody got picked a couple times, one or two times. Um, when they put a ton of pressure on, you got to be strong with the ball. And it's Reese and Dante are the two guys that can do that. And with Dante out, it sucks. He misses uh, defense as well. His experience, like, don't forget, two years at Georgetown already. Don't have a lot of big game experience. And we definitely miss Dante. So, uh, incomplete. But when he's in the five games he did play, like, he had some some good games there. Wow, another interception in the Steelers-Bengals game. Uh, so Andrew Rohde, you know, he's had some good games. His shooting's been down uh, percentage-wise. He's only shooting 33% from the field, 29% from deep. Free throws are a mess. Uh, but he's a guy who's got a lot of runway. Like, it's only his second year playing college basketball. He's going to be with the program. And you you got to see him. You got to let him figure it out. Uh, he's aggressive. He tries to get a shot here and there. His defense has improved a ton since like early on. And 
I think there's a, a little bit shows of like the level he's playing at before to playing in the ACC and playing at this level. I think a little, some of that shows, but I think that he'll get to this, the place that he needs to be. He works hard. He wants it. And he coach trusts him. I mean, he's playing 28 minutes a game. So like, it's gonna he's gonna be getting minutes, so he's just gotta rise to the occasion, start making shots and feeling more comfortable. Uh, Elijah Gertrude, kinda the opposite, came in after Dante went down, burned the red shirt. He's had some good moments. He's a long guard, a lot of hops, uh incomplete in, in terms of uh you know, my my grading I would I would say. Uh but in a, in the five games, five and a half points. Just he's not confident yet. You know, not enough, not a lot of confidence there. Getting it's his first year, getting used to the game speed, getting used to having someone in your shorts all the time in big games. That'll come when ACC play happens. It'd be great to have Dante back, and you know, Gertrude will get his his moments. But it'd be great to have uh, Dante back. Uh, Jordan Minor, I would say this would be like the one like naughty because getting a player of the year from a different conference, you're probably expecting him to get a lot of minutes. But he probably hasn't, seems like he hasn't picked it up, whether it be defensively or the offense. Uh, sometimes when you see him out there, he looks a little bit lost. Got a lot of raw ability and size, and we need that. But he's only played nine games averaging six minutes so there's something coaches seeing that you know it's 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 not there and and i want him to succeed i really do because you know i almost feel bad like when you have a guy who's the man comes in he's not playing i, I that makes me feel bad for him but uh you know it's uh a lot to pick up it's a lot to pick up that i know they played zone as previous school and it's a big change you know, he'll get, he's had been filled in a couple minutes here and there in big games. Like some of his minutes aren't just garbage time. He's had to come in a couple minutes here and there when foul trouble happens. And so he's going to get opportunities and he's going to get playing time. So hopefully he can keep picking it up feel more comfortable and uh, make a difference. Jacob Groves, a big thumbs up for Groves. He's been way better than I thought he would be. Uh, I feel like he knocks down all the shots, those little pick and pops, you know, sets a screen, bounces out. I feel like he's always knocking down those threes. He's been uh, a decent uh, finisher. And we'll see defensively. He's playing 20 minutes a game, averaging eight and a half points, uh, only two and a half boards. That's probably a little bit troublesome. We probably need to get his numbers up because rebounding has been an issue here with the who's but i would say you know pleasant surprise from from groves uh so yeah i mean looking back at the whole thing here i'd say minor is the one guy where you're like probably less than what you were expecting like in the offseason uh roadie for the minutes maybe not the level of production you'd want to you'd want to see but uh, i i think that he's gonna Come around and listen this is a good basketball team a lot of we're young young like 
and we've already had some big wins. Tony's teams get better as the years go, as the time goes on, as the months go on, and this team's going to be no different. Uh, the more you're used to playing, the more the game slows down, the more confident you get, all that stuff. It's going to happen. You know, the two losses we had were ugly. We got blown out. But those are good teams that are, you know, a lot of college basketball experience with good coaching. So I wouldn't trip. We're going to have one more game before we get to the ACC play. That's Morgan State on the 27th, I think. So it's going to be a fun year. This is a good team. is going to be a tournament team. And hopefully we can make a run, you know. No no worries. Um, and looking at the ACC, there's going to be a chance for us to get some good wins. The ACC has some, some good teams. Uh, it'll be the last year before we have the you know the new teams come in. And I looked on Ken Palm earlier out of the power conferences, the five, the six power conferences in basketball were fifth. So last year we were the, the worst power conference this year. We're not quite the worst. So that's step in the right direction. Maybe if, you know, some teams start playing well, we could jump somebody. Uh, what else? I had some other things, some other notes here. Oh, Virginia. We talked about the football team killing the transfer portal Two Virginia natives receivers have jumped on with Virginia. And that's awesome from an in-state perspective. Uh, Chris Tyree from Notre Dame, over 3,000 all-purpose yards. And then uh, the kid Andre Green from North Carolina, former four-star. You know, they're seeing what Malik Washington did coming from Northwestern. And they're like, that's a success story. That That's like proof of concept. Come on, let's go. We got the Harvard tight end, offensive lineman from Central Florida. We do good in the portal. We need the need the experience. UVA baseball is no longer a Rawlings team. They're a Wilson team. I played for a while and I played I always had an A two thousand. I was always an A two thousand guy. So to see UVA baseball switch from Rawlings to A two to Wilson, hey, that's I love the A two thousand gloves. Love A two thousand gloves. Best in the Best in the business. And what also comes with Wilson, like the package, is Dean Marini. And this is before my time. After my time, I guess. Evo Shield, I think. I don't know if those are like the the shin pads and the... I don't know. But Evo Shield. I'm excited to see some Wilson, some Wilson uh, orange and blue stuff. That's, that's dope. I need to get me an orange and blue... A2000 for the baseball I don't play. Uh, what else? Oh, Bronco Mendenhall is back in college football. That's my last the last note I had. New Mexico. Head coach in New Mexico, and he brought a whole bunch of former UVA coaches and players over there. Uh, Evan Butts is, I think, involved with the scouting. Matt Johns, former quarterback at UVA, is the tight ends coach, so there's a lot of connections there. And happy to see Bronco back at it and uh back in the coaching game so guys have a happy holiday and uh prosperous new year it's a pleasure talking uva with y'all and acc basketball is about to pick up and whenever that happens i usually get more you know on the mic more frequently after these big games so you'll be hearing a lot from me and i hope you enjoy the show I appreciate you listening 
and watching and go who's uh, at Virginia game day on Instagram. Uh, I got the giveaway coming up. So I'm going to announce that on Christmas Eve. Uh, every year we do a giveaway of a package of clothes, books, whatever it is, autographs and to one lucky winner. And this is the third year doing it. Love doing it. And yeah, so at Virginia game day on Instagram, Virginia game day podcast on all the major platforms. Have a happy holiday. Be safe. All that good stuff. Go who's. We're going to be all right. We're going to turn the ship around. Don't don't let that Memphis game trip you all out. So go who's. Thank you.